Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, everybody. I am Kate Majuk. You could follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. As always, I am joined by Marcus Mosier. You could follow him on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Give the show a follow on Twitter at LockedOnDynasty. Be sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to your Dynasty podcasts. Leave us those five-star reviews. It helps us more than you can ever remember. Um, I mean, if you if you have made a trade uh, that was inspired by the show, uh, please drop it in the comments. Let us know because uh, all of these reviews mean a lot to us. It helps others find the show. And don't forget to check out our YouTube channel, baby. We are... Uh, we're YouTubing it up, and we're very excited about it. Marcus, happy Monday. Uh, how was how was your week seven? This is this year is flying by, dude. It flying. is flying by. It, it was quite a slate of games for us in week seven, wasn't it? It was. Um, I, I don't know. It, it was it was a lot of fun. But uh, Kate, I want to talk about some of the the action that we had this week, especially at the quarterback position. We should probably start with Patrick Mahomes, right? Woof. Uh, yeah, we should we should start with Patrick Mahomes. Um, are you worried at all? Like, let's let's just start with that, because I mean, Patrick Mahomes, um, it, like leading into halftime, they were at a 24 point deficit, which is the first time uh, that they had ever had a 24 point deficit uh, in the first half of a game under Patrick Mahomes as quarterback. Uh, they they definitely struggled in this one. Uh, we didn't even see uh, Tyreek Hill with like a target until just before right. half, right. Uh, which ended up being a nullified catch. It was just a complete disaster. Um, all of that money that they invested in the offensive line. I, I mean, it looks for not at this point because, I mean, there was just not a moment where he wasn't under pressure. I am starting to get a little bit worried about this Chiefs offense. It just seems like a team that is – in disarray right now. I mean, we're, we're used to Patrick Mahomes routinely throwing three touchdowns with no interceptions and 300 yards. And it's been a bit of a struggle this year, Kate, like in the last three games, uh, he has five interceptions and two passing touchdowns. He has multiple fumbles. I, I don't, I mean, obviously I'm not panicking on Patrick Mahomes. He's going to figure it out. But if you're in a super flex league and you traded a bunch for Patrick Mahomes this off season, You've got to be a little frustrated right now because the offense just is not working. Yeah, and this isn't this isn't the time to sell Patrick Mahomes no, in your no. leagues. Do not trade him away because you are trading him probably at the lowest that you're ever going to trade uh, Patrick Mahomes away for. This is the time to buy because, I mean, great quarterbacks, they figure it out. We've seen all of the great quarterbacks have, have lulls. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's like hard to even come up with uh, something that, like tangible to point to for this offense that I think isn't working because it just all seems the the chemistry just seems totally off. So I, I do think they have a great coach, great quarterback. They have great weapons. They're going to figure it out. But this is probably the, the best buy window you're going to have for Patrick Mahomes in his career. Yeah. There's another quarterback that I really do want to mention, and it's um, Carson Wentz. Now, I know that he tried to throw the ball to like the 49ers like four different times last night. He had the ugly he did fumbles, his best. Uh, yeah, the ugly slash fumbles interception at the red zone. However, 
I'm going to excuse him a little bit considering the conditions, right? Like, it was just a slop fest. Uh, Kate, did you know that this was the fourth straight week in which Carson Wentz had at least two passing touchdowns and no interceptions? He had three touchdowns on Sunday night. He's pretty efficient. It's four straight games with a passer rating of over 106, which we don't care about in fantasy, but... I mean, I think it's an indication of solid. It's it's yeah. an indication of solid quarterback play, which is, uh, I mean, fine. that it usually eventually will translate to fantasy points. And not to mention Carson Wentz, he's been uh, using those wheels he's mm-hmm. got on the butt. Like that was what I feel like gave Carson Wentz this little edge. He was never a, um, you know, a Jalen Hurts type rusher, but Correct. his ability to take off with his legs always gave him an upside that you might not have seen anywhere else. Um, I mean, they they said it all night, and I feel like they jinxed him hard. The the leap that that Carson Wentz took from the 2020 season up to now 2021, um, he's taken the best leap out of any quarterback. Like the the gap in passer rating uh, between last year and this year, it's the largest gap uh, in a good way uh, among any single quarterback in the NFL right now. Uh, he looks great. How about Tua Tagovailoa? Because we saw a really, um, I mean, this was the the best outing I think we've ever seen from Tua, right? Like yeah. four passing touchdowns in a day. Are you buying the hype? Because now we're hearing all these trade talks, uh, rumors that Deshaun Watson, he's he's going to be on the move. We've heard it for, for months, really. But those talks seem to be intensifying. The, the Tua thing is fascinating because, man, he had a, an interception yesterday that was awful, just in the red zone, just doesn't need to throw the ball, was not accurate. However, and we kind of realized that this guy has not started and finished a lot of games. I believe he only has – I'm looking at it now. He has uh, 12 games in which he has started and finished in his NFL career. Essentially that's, a rookie. Yeah, and that's not a lot. And we saw over the last two weeks, Kate – uh, 620 passing yards, six passing touchdowns, uh, added in another 50 yards in the ground. Like, there's clearly talent here, and there's a reason why a lot of people were, you know, thinking he was the best quarterback in that last year's draft class, and why we were saying tank for Tua for a whole year. I just, I don't know if Miami's the situation, right? Like, I think, I think he's going to need to go elsewhere with a better offensive line, and maybe he needs to sit a year and, you know, kind of just regather himself but i i do think he's talented um i i got one more that we need to mention one more sam darnold um whoops yeah so sam darnold started off this the season really really well uh he what, had five rushing touchdowns in the first four games of the season since we knew then, the regression was coming we knew it you knew the regression was coming the last three weeks kate Two passing touchdowns, five interceptions. He's completing only 52% of his passes, no rushing touchdowns, 4.8 yards per attempt. He even got benched yesterday in the Panthers game. Is this the kind of the beginning of the end of Sam Darnold in Carolina? Uh, I mean, I I think it it said something because he didn't just get benched uh, at this point in the game. Like, he got benched at a point in the game where this was still a, a doable game. Like 15, 13, right? 15, yeah. 15, uh, 15, 3. They, 15, 3. 15, 3. Um, they, they could have come back uh, pretty easily in this one. Like, uh, you know, just one touchdown. And apparently they didn't see the upside with Sam Darnold under center. He looks absolutely atrocious. Like him and, and Carson Wentz are like competing 
for mm-hmm. just like ugliest plays of the day yesterday. I'm I'm officially worried about Sam Darnold. Obviously, yeah. they uh, like they picked up his fifth year option. Great. I I just don't I like I think this was a hail mary on behalf of the Carolina Panthers. But I mean, let's let's remember that this is an offense that made uh, you know Teddy Bridgewater look like a playmaker. I just don't think uh, Sam Darnold's decision making is where it needs to be at this point in his career. And I think the the Panthers are finally realizing that if I can sell Sam Darnold for anything in my leagues, in my dynasty leagues, I am shipping him off for literally anything I can get. I agree. I'm a big Sam Darnold supporter. I've always been, but even I have to admit it's I'm so it looks, sorry. Yeah. yeah so I, sorry. I think it's over. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break. So I can tell you guys about direct TV Direct TV stream brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That is directtv.com. All right, Kate, uh, we've got some running backs that we need to talk about outside of the you know usual suspects, the Derrick Henrys, the Jonathan Taylors, <laughs> who all did basically exactly what you were hoping for. Damian Harris, yesterday uh, for the Patriots, 14 carries for 106 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, he didn't do much in the passing game, two for seven. But I just wanted to say he is on pace for 1,000 yards and double-digit touchdowns this season, back-to-back games with 100 rushing yards. Are you buying Damian Harris being a legitimate high-end RB2? So I will say Damian Harris, uh, if you've never listened to the Ball Blast podcast, he was my start of the week over on the Ball Blast podcast because I loved loved this matchup. Um, I've always been a big fan of Damian Harris, but I've been uh, frustrated uh, regarding his upside just because of the fact that he's not heavily utilized as a receiver. And I think that uh, that stings. He is on pace for a career high 25 targets uh not not very good but i mean he's still absolutely crushing it um i i think this this patriots offense is still very conducive to the run i still think that um you know i wouldn't be surprised if damian harris ends up with uh you know eight games of 100 plus rushing yards by the end of the season i still worry about the upside from a uh a ppr standpoint just given the fact that uh, you know, I, I think he needs to be scoring, you know, double touchdowns uh, just about every other week in order to keep up, uh, you know, with his lack of PPR um, and receiving upside. But I love Damian Harris. I, yeah. I I can't buy into the upside on a week to week basis, though. Yeah, he probably is a spot start at this point. But I mean, when he does play and you get him in a nice matchup, he's going to give you some really nice numbers. Uh, all right. A different guy I want to talk about. DeAndre Swift. Uh, yesterday, 13 carries for 48 yards, no touchdowns. However, eight receptions for 96 yards in a score. Over the last three weeks, Kate, he has 192 receiving yards and 19 receptions. I mean, he is legitimately on pace this year uh, for like, I don't know, 600 rushing yards and 1,000 receiving yards, which is just <laughs> incredible. Uh, but how many running backs do you want over DeAndre Swift long-term now? Because... I don't think it's many with, you know, basically going to catch, you know, a hundred passes and a thousand yards and five or six touchdowns. I do think we need to differentiate. Um, at, like this is my, my sort of 
point with him. And I'm curious as to how you think, uh, I think this is going to be sustainable on a year to year basis. Um, like DeAndre Swift is essentially functioning as his team's wide receiver yes. one at this point, uh, because they don't have a wide receiver one. Uh, they, they're just not, um, they don't have the playmakers. They, they're, their entire receiving core has been decimated by injury and it was barren to begin with. Mm -hmm. I don't think that this is going to, uh, continue. I don't think this is like a sustainable model for, uh, producing offense that they're going with. Like you cannot shovel the ball to Deandre Swift, like great for fantasy right now. Fantastic. Um, but I don't think that this is a sustainable long-term plan for an offense. If you really want to see, uh, sustainable production. I do. No. I love Deandre Swift, but I don't think, uh, I, I don't think we're going to see this next year. Do you? No, but the hope is that the rushing production goes up to help outweigh some of the drop in receiving stuff because yeah, you're right. He's just not going to average basically, you know, eight to nine targets a game. That's just not going to happen. But okay. He doesn't have a game with over 14 carries yet this season and the yards per attempt are not good. It's 3.4. That's a pretty massive decrease from what we saw last year. But if it can get, you know, kind of normalized and get to 4.2, 4.3, and he can score a few more rushing touchdowns, he only has three this year. I think, I, I think that's going to help him. I, I, I still think he's a top six, top seven dynasty running back because when you get that many touches in the passing game, how could you not be? What do you think about the fact that Jamal Williams uh, is averaging 4.4 yards per carry? He's looked much more efficient uh, in the the ground game portion. Um, it's fine. What do you, what do you I, make I think of that? he's a veteran running back, right? He's, he knows that scheme well. He knows Anthony Lynn. Uh, I just – it's not all that surprising to me because I think when DeAndre Swift touches the ball, he's not getting that many carries that he's trying to make a home run, right? He knows this offense just isn't going to be sustainable – you know, on 12 to 14 play drive. So I think he's being a little too aggressive right now. I think he'll settle down a little bit and we'll see him approach Jamal Williams as yards per carry sooner rather than later. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, That's fair enough. All right. Can I give you a, another running back that I was caught my eye again? Khalil Herbert, uh, 18 carries mm -hmm. for a hundred yards against Tampa Bay, Kate against Tampa Bay. When's the last time have we seen a running back rush for a hundred yards against Tampa Bay also added in, Five catches for 33 yards in the passing game. Kate, I think when even when David Montgomery returns, this is going to have to be a timeshare, right? Because Khalil Herbert is uh, hashtag good. He is hashtag good. Um, he's had at least 18 carries in each of the last three games. I mean, this this production is literally everything you'd want, especially against the Tampa Bay Bucks. I, like a fool, uh, you know, like in any league where I had – a startable option ahead of Khalil Herbert. I benched Khalil Herbert because this has just been an offense or a defensive matchup to completely avoid for the running back position. Um, but I do think there's going to be a lot of carries to go around because it seems like the best way uh, to approach, you know, an offensive game plan for this team is to keep the ball at, out of Justin Fields hand, which I didn't think I saw coming um, literally at all. So I, I think in order to to you know keep possession of the ball, they're going to have to uh, run, 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 uh, and I think they're going to need to do that, uh, you know, with David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert in tow. I mean, we 
saw nice reports this week uh, from the local beat reporters that Khalil Herbert is making his way up the depth chart. It's definitely going to be a timeshare moving forward. Uh, one more running back that I want to mention. This one in a negative uh, connotation. Hmm. Antonio Gibson. Uh, yesterday, hmm. 14 for 51 on the ground. Uh, he saw just two targets, caught both of them for five yards. Kate, over the last four games, he has just nine targets and 29 receiving yards. Like, it's awfully hard to be a, a RB1 when you get that little volume in the passing game and you're only averaging 14 carries per game in, in, in the run game. So what do we do with Antonio Gibson? I I don't know what you do with Antonio Gibson right now. Like he had, he had one week as a uh, big receiver back in week three had uh, one catch for 73 yards. It was like this screen pass that he took to the house. So I feel like that's like, uh, that was the one sign of life we really saw from him as a receiver. And even on that day, only saw two targets. Um, I, I feel great. like it's, it's definitely not great. Um, you know, I, I've been worried uh, mm-hmm. about what we'd see. It, it still seems like whenever they're, you know, in a, a two minute drill kind of situation, it's JD McKissick in there. It is not Antonio Gibson. And I find that, I find that alarming. You know, maybe we're still seeing some of that adjustment period for Antonio Gibson as Mm he uh, makes that transition from a a wide receiver to a running back. But you have to be concerned, at least for this season. And I think especially given that he's he's banged up. Uh, We saw him, you know, limit all, all this week with a shin injury. He's got a broken bone in there. I worry that at least for this season, um, you know, if I'm in a, a contending roster, I'm looking to, you know, move on from Antonio Gibson and hopefully, you know, hopefully I can offset some of that loss in value just due to the fact that he's injured. Cause I worry it's going to be one hit for him and he's going to be uh, in dire straits here. All right. Let me ask you this then. If you are a contending team, would you trade Antonio Gibson for Daryl Henderson? Yes, Absolutely. And that's kind of surprising considering we have no idea what that backfield is going to look like next year with the Rams, right? With Cam Akers coming back, uh, with Darrell Henderson's contract stuff. So very, very interesting. Uh, all right, let's take one more break, and then we're going to come back and talk about the wide receivers and tight ends. Uh, but I want to tell you guys about Get Upside. Our listeners are making up to $0.25 cents for every gallon of gas every single time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. You can cash out at any time using your bank account, PayPal, or e-gift card. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN. Also, want to tell you guys about Built Bar. You know Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors. It's just a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste fantastic. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you will get 15% off your next box at BuiltBar.com. All right, Kate, we got to talk about the biggest story in football right now. The the thing that everybody's talking about on Monday morning on their timelines. Uh, this receiver was incredible on Sunday, just absolutely dominated his matchup. Dante Pettis, 5 for 39 <laughs> and a touchdown on top of one pass for 16 yards. Uh, what did you think of Dante Pettis' performance? 
Um, I, I was very proud of you. Uh, that was one of uh, your candidates you. this week on Thank you. promotion commotion. Um, I, look, this is a product of uh, them needing to throw the ball to literally anybody, but Dante Pettis, he's a guy that we have seen uh, go on a productive streak uh, once in his career. If you guys can remember back that far, yeah. uh, we all fell for it once. Don't fall for it again. Don't do this again. Um, just enjoy the production while you have it. Uh, and But as soon as there are some bodies back on that field who aren't injured, um, I will say we're, aloha. We're, we're spending way too much away. time on Dante Pettis, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I've got an actual <laughs> question to, uh, to you, Kate, about Jamar Chase. Um, Ooh, yesterday, eight for 201 in the touchdown. Uh, do you realize he is on pace for 1,800 yards and like 15 touchdowns this year? He's uh, absolutely incredible. I like, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know what to make of this, this incredible, incredible well, performance other than he's the guy we knew he was. Yes. I got a question for you. Are you ready? At what point do we start considering Jamar chase for the one Oh one, not wide receiver one, one Oh one. He's only, he's only 21 years old. He's paired with a quarterback that absolutely loves him. And any he, any time he's played, whether it's in college or NFL, has just looked like the best player on the field. Why not? Uh, I I can't give you a, a great why not. I mean, the, the, the argument like would I be... think it's a reasonable. I think it's a reasonable uh, ask. It's kind of like uh, going back um, a couple of years ago when we saw Juju, who was I believe twenty two years old at the time. He took over that. Dynasty 101 spot. Uh, super surprisingly, I think we all regret that at this point. Yep. But, like, I mean, Juju was not this the prospect that Jamar Chase was coming out of school. Right. Um, like, Jamar Chase, generational talent, just for real, for real, breaking NFL records, like, legitimately breaking NFL records. Yep. I, I, I mean, I think you got to make the case that he's top five. Well, right? Well, here's the thing. If you're if you're saying he's not the 101, you have to make a case probably for a running back. And Kate, I don't know if you've looked at the dynasty rankings for running backs lately, but like Christian McCaffrey has finished four games over the last two seasons. Like that's yeah. pretty awful. Dalvin Cook has played well, but he's been banged up this season too, right? Uh, Nick Chubb Harris. banged up. Najee Harris, right? Now his efficiency might not be there, but the touches will be. Um that's that's where we're getting to. It's like every other guy you can poke holes in. And for, for Jamar Chase, it's just he's a wide receiver. And do we rank wide receivers at 101? I think we might have to start considering it. And you know what? The, the thing about wide receivers, I feel like we just generally see less variance year to year when it comes to the wide receiver position. And that's why I always try my general approach in Dynasty Leagues. Obviously, not every team shakes this way, but... Uh, you know, when I'm in a startup, I look to solidify my lineup with a bunch of stud wide receivers and wide receivers that I believe will have a lengthy career and a productive career. Uh, and I sprinkle in the running backs as I go. But I try not to build my teams around running backs because of the volatility of the position. Yep. Um, I mean, I, I think this might be your your case, like just due to volatility alone. Uh Running backs on a year-to-year basis, obviously they get injured. They have shorter career spans. Um, I mean, Jamar Chase could be a, uh, you know, a, 
a wide receiver one on your dynasty team literally for the next 10 years. Uh, one other receiver that we need to mention from Sunday, Cooper Cup. It was uh, He's had at least double-digit targets in every single game this season, Kate. Uh, he was 10 for 156 and two touchdowns on Sunday. Here is his pace uh, stats after seven games, which is not a small sample size. He is on pace for 136 receptions, 2,000 yards, and 23 touchdowns. Oh my God. <laughs> that's absolutely like that's that sounds stupid. Like it sounds but, but when you're when you're getting, you know, when you're averaging eleven targets a game and you're catching seventy percent of them and you're averaging, you know, fourteen yards per catch, that's how you do it. I, I just feel like he's about as solid as it comes right now. Yeah, I, I think you're gonna you're gonna really I don't know how you beat that. Um, but looking at like dynasty ADP from October, um, he didn't even crack the the top four. Like you had Justin Jefferson, CD lamb, DK Metcalf, Devonte Adams. Um, who would you rather have? Obviously, you know, Justin Jefferson, CD lamb and DK Metcalf are all younger than Cooper cup. Um, but is there any world where you would want Cooper cup over any of these guys who maybe are more question marks? Cause as long as Matthew Stafford is in this offense, it seems like he's locked in as the clear cut wide receiver one. All right. So say those names again. You said DK Metcalf, CD lamb and Justin Jefferson. Yes. Right. Mm, that's a really, really good question. My pro I, I, I think CD lamb is probably the safest, but he just doesn't see the volume that the other guys get. Right. Justin Jefferson is tied to a quarterback that I don't love. And DK Metcalf can be a little hit or miss and just isn't as consistent, especially if Russell Wilson happens to leave. It seems hot takey and reactionary, Kate, but Cooper Cup is just good. And he's been good for This isn't the first years. time he's done this in his career. Like we've seen him produce yes. as a top five wide receiver before. Let me give you the full list of wide receivers. So I mentioned those four names that were ahead of him. Uh, what if I told you there were more? What if I told you there were more names? Yeah. Uh, there's Jamar Chase, which I think we're we're both on board with. Tyreek yeah. Hill, AJ Brown, Calvin Ridley, Stephon Diggs, DJ Moore, and then Cooper Cup is the wide receiver eleven in Dynasty Startup ADP for the month of October. That is too low, my friends. Far too low. Listen, I love AJ Brown as much as everybody else, but now we've got a history of him not being able to stay healthy dealing with a knee issue. Uh, I mean, he just doesn't get the same targets that Cooper cup does. And that yes, they're about as efficient, but he just doesn't see the touchdown potential either. So yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's Cooper cup. I think he should be easily a top five dynasty receiver right now. And we've been saying this for a while. I think he's, he's just so incredibly solid and his upside is higher than almost everybody else that we mentioned. Uh, one more guy that we should mention. Uh, what about old man Zach Ertz, Kate? He came to the <laughs> the Cardinals on a short week. Three catches for 66 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he also got a carry in this game, which almost led to a touchdown. Does he have like some legitimate dynasty value for the rest of the season in this Arizona offense? Oh, I think, uh, I, I think he could definitely be a plug and play. This is a very... Uh, very productive offense. Like if, if you're going to, you know, pick a, a tight end flyer, I generally want the tight ends that are playing on good offenses. And that's what the Arizona Cardinals are. Um, I, I think that, 
you know, we got so caught up in this narrative and I, I had said this earlier, uh, earlier in the off season, I think we're abandoning the idea of Zach Ertz too quickly. Um, he had just had a top four performance in fantasy football, mm -hmm. uh, the year prior, we were one year removed from a top four, uh, top four fantasy football performance with Zach Ertz. He's clearly still got the juice and let's be honest, the bar isn't very high for the tight end position. Uh, cause if you catch a touchdown on any given week, uh, you're probably going to rank in the top 12 at the position. Um, I, I think Zach Ertz is a fine acquisition, especially if, uh, maybe you're a team in contention and, uh, you know, the, the Zach Ertz manager, uh, you know, is, is looking to rebuild. I think this is a perfect buy. I agree. I think I think he's going to be productive because that whole offense is productive. So why not go out and trade something late for Zach Ertz? And he's probably going to give you as good a production at the tight end position as anybody else would outside of the top four or five guys, right? Uh, yeah. Should I, I also mention it. Kyle Pitts? He's just good. He had another game he's of good. 100 yards. He's a, another game of 100 yards. Uh, I ranked him as my tight end one at the beginning of the season. Honestly, I haven't seen anything from this year that would change my mind. Like he, they lined him up on the outside of against Xavier Howard, and he just dominated him. What a special, special talent! Uh, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download the show wherever you find your podcast: Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Check us out on YouTube. Uh, you can also check us out on Twitter at Locked On Dynasty. Matt and Ryan will be back on Tuesday and Wednesday, and Kate will and I will be back, I think, probably Fridays now is what we're doing. Right, Kate? Does yeah. that make sense? Uh, yeah, get in a little bit of that Thursday night football yeah. talk, get a we, little bit of that reaction. We got a good Thursday game this week. I don't know if you looked ahead, but it's Packers-Cardinals on Thursday Ooh. night football. So we're going to have a lot to talk about from that game. So make sure you're following us. Follow the show. We'll see you guys next time. Bye, y'all.